Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. This is a podcast, as you know by now, in which we like to take big, giant topics and break them down into tiny, bite-sized chunks, all in an effort to help people through change. We both love change. We're fascinated by it. We're fascinated by the journey of it. um, And we're fascinated by the models to help people through it. And so that's really what's at the heart of this podcast. And today, because we are recording on Sunday, March the 7th, and tomorrow is March the 8th, which is International Women's Day, that's what we wanted to chat a little bit about today. And now that we've had one guest join us, and if you haven't listened to the Amina Gordon, uh, no, I'm thinking of Amanda Gorman. What's Amina's last name, Rod? Charles. Amina Charles. Charles. Amina Charles episode yet. You need to do that because it was great. But then I thought, hey, wait a second. I'm a woman. We can talk about this. Rod has a wife and a daughter and a mom. We can totally talk about International Women's Day together. And so that's really what we wanted to talk about today. This year's theme is choose to challenge. And that's really kind of what we want to dig into. What does it mean to choose to challenge um, this year as women and as men um, who are our allies? So ally Rod, what do you want to add into the mix? Well, I um, I feel like my experience and I, I COVID's been a great year actually for lots of time with my daughter and my wife at home, and we've mm. had some amazing conversations. And through my daughter, I have learned a tremendous amount, and I'm very proud of her because she, if there's anyone who's got a a challenge bone in her body, she does, um, and she does for me all the time. And and so I I learn a great deal. I'm really looking forward to hearing. Um, or having this conversation and hearing a little preview of uh, something that you're going to be talking about this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's jump right in. Before we get into my bit, because I do have like a bit of a story to tell, as we always do, I just want to say I really feel like your daughter's generation is the one who's really going to make change happen. Like when I see how that your that generation of women think and feel and act in the world I'm just so unbelievably impressed but I also as a woman who's not at that age anymore don't want to leave it all on their shoulders right like I want to try to set the table so that when they come the beautiful meal can be served rather than than them having to do the whole thing and I think that's the work in my mind that's the work now how are we setting the table so that your daughter you know, has very different experiences, say, than someone um, who's maybe just a tiny little bit older than that. Mm-hmm. But why don't we, like, dive into the juiciness? So mm-hmm. I'm going to start with, like, a quasi-radical statement, Rod. We both work in a big organization, and uh, like a lot of big organizations, there is a strong women in leadership presence. And mm-hmm. there are women in leadership, or will, as we like to call it, there are will events, and you know they run from 300 people to 30 people to three people, but there are will events that happen all throughout the year. And I've been going to those you know, throughout most of my career, and, I, and I've been with that organization for a really long time. And I'll tell you that I have never felt at home at a will event i've never felt like my story was being represented yeah i've never felt like i belonged and i think that's because i'm i don't i don't define myself as heterosexual i define myself as pansexual like that's how i feel in the world 
um, which is sort of like bisexual with a twist if folks haven't heard of Pan. But it's the easy thing to do is watch Schitt's Creek because Dan Levy's character explains it beautifully. Mm. Um, I like the wine, not the label is the way to understand uh, pansexuality. But I'm also happily not married to anyone of any gender. I'm also happily uh, child free. And so I always felt like those conversations kind of um, really revolved around people with kids and the struggles. And I, like all of those struggles are real, obviously, but it just never felt like I belonged. And so for a long time, I backed away. Like I would just stop mm. going because you never want to go to a place where they tell you they, it's sort of billed as like, this is an event for all women. And then you get there and you're like, wah, wah, wah. (laughs) You don't really feel like part of it. You know what I mean? I imagine, tell me if this is, like this is the experience where I'm commenting on experience that's not mine. So you can. I, I <laughs> That's count okay, on you Rod. That's a, that you can, I value you as an ally. Are you kidding me? You're awesome. So go say it. Say <laughs> okay. it. But you don't I have imagine, to apologize. So, I promise so, it's going to be okay. You're safe. This is a safe space. <laughs> okay. So like, to what you're saying is, I imagine if you're at a will event, I can picture like people talking about the challenges of being professional and coming to work and taking care of the kids, and I drove them to hockey right. and, and being got, married and, so and talking, like all of that. Yeah. yeah. So it's the. It's the challenges in the context of the, we'll say, ter- typical, whatever the word is. like Traditional, a, like a, tra- yeah, a traditional, sort of a traditional, her- yeah. I am not a traditional family person. And right. so, so I just felt stories. like an outsider. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And rightly so, right? Those conversations have to happen. Those conversations, like we, we have to talk about that. Again, especially in a year when it's the pandemic, we can't push those stories stories aside. Mm-hmm. But my choose to challenge is a little bit, how do we broaden it out so that more women, all different types of women, feel welcome at a will event? How do we talk mm-hmm. about different experiences of different women who you know, have different lifestyles than say, um, and even I, you know, not every marriage is traditional, right? But that, that those who are falling into that sort of more traditional way of living, um, that those stories are heard as well. And mm-hmm. so the first time I had that experience at TD and I was so energized, like my heart nearly burst out of my chest. I was so excited. There was an event done for uh, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and two-spirit women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a mentor just because <laughs> of my level, not because like I know more than anybody else who was in that room. Because to be honest, I've only really been out, out, out uh, since Donald Trump got elected. I really felt the need to <laughs> use my voice a little more that's a legit okay. that's legit true so we'll Donald, talk, we Donald can talk Trump about that have too a positive impact on the world you. well honestly like for me in a way in a weird creepy way because he clearly has zero respect for women and zero actual love for women women as possessions he's fine with but like women as like individuals who stand on our own two feet or whatever so not his jam that really woke up my inner feminist who had probably been um quasi dormant uh, from the time I was in my 20s when like I was, you know, sort of super active in feminism. And uh, so it woke up my inner feminist and it hardcore woke up my um, my desire to be true about who I really am, because he did so many horrible, despite claiming to be a friend of, did mm-hmm. so many horrible things for the for the LGBTQ2+. And if you use a different acronym, I'm sorry, we, that's the acronym we use where I work, but I know there are a lot of different acronyms out there. But 
Um, that's the one I'm comfortable with. And so, you know, in a way, I just felt like I just had to have my voice heard as a part of that. So mm-hmm. that's a part of my choose to challenge, right, is, is within myself. Because I get like, well, this is a change podcast. And so, uh, you know, have you ever heard that saying happiness is an inside job? You ever heard no, that? No, I haven't. It's one of my favorites. Like, it's one of my personal favorites because it sort of gets to the fact that nothing external to you can make you happy, right? Like, you, you, like, no uh, thing that yes. you buy or whatever. You, yes. ha- it's, a, it's, an, and I think we talk about that a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I also think that change is an inside job. Mm-hmm. Change is something that I choose. I choose whether or not I want to participate in something. I choose whether or not I want to make something different. That is an active choice um, that I make. Mm-hmm. And so one of my things this year of my choose to challenge ideas for just for me, because that's all I can do is, is changing me, is how do I move from a more passive stance of just going, oh, well, I don't fit in at a will event. I guess I'll just stop going to trying to transform will events and group mentoring within TD to be like that event I went to when I really did feel like I'd landed home, Mm -hmm. like that the conversations were so much more, even though there were married people there with kids, the conversations were more true to who I am and how I've lived my life. And so how do I like, how do I make space for that as a leader where I work? How do I make sure that other women who are perhaps feeling that same disenfranchisement um, have a chance to have their voices heard. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to influence that a little bit where I work right now, Rod, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Talking to some Definitely. people about how to do it differently and think about it differently because, you know, if you've lived one way your whole, it's it's almost like I've learned. I mean, I've learned so much from all of the anti-black racism conversations that have been going mm-hmm. on and and all that and 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 sort of trying to think about. Um, like there's there's a, a heterosexual person who's living a traditional life is not going to think to make space for my yeah. experience right now. Not is that it? that can never happen, but right now that's just not, you know, that's just not the way society is set up. So what yeah. can I do from the inside to yeah. try to help influence that, you know? Yeah. Isn't there such a um, a positive, perhaps unintended consequence or a result from all the anti-black racism uh, protests and dialogue last year where the, where the message was to lots of folks like me it's like it's not enough just to be and actually I can't remember how they said it it's not enough just to be like against racism you have to be a non-racist right it's the yeah, difference non- between non-racism and anti-racism yeah, it's so the it's passive not, versus active Yeah, right it's not enough just to be if somebody were to ask you and you gave an answer and like well I'm not a racist it's like you actually have to take you know take steps you have to do something action. And it's yeah. it's a little bit, it, and that mentality is what I think, and you were referred to it as well. It's like spilling over. It's like yeah, it's not enough just to be like, oh yeah, this is not right or it doesn't fit me, but I'll just ignore it. Because, right. I'll either keep going and just feel disenfranchised, or I'll just stop going altogether because there's yeah. no place for me. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a different path, right? Like right. this is what all of the great Black Lives Matter thinking has I think woken hopefully in all of us is there mm-hmm. is a different choice. There is a different path we can take. Um, but we just have to be aware that there is a, like it, it's not, like it's as though you're on a hike, if you've ever done any hiking and there's a fork in the row in the hiking trail, but there's like a third option that we don't 
naturally see and you you sort of have to fight for it a little bit and you have to clear away some of the bramble and some of the trees and bushes and stuff to be able to do it so it's it's Mm. harder and it's not clear and the path isn't you know worn by anybody else but that's that's the path now and so i'm trying to figure out i'm doing all sorts of different things some of it is just thinking right now um before i can actually turn it into action but really trying to think about what that action step would be for me you know yeah yeah so tell me more what do you think like if you break um telling this or talking about this topic what are how do you think about it um yeah. So I also think, so we know, and I think I've already, like, I've, I've been talking about this part a lot lately. So if, I've, if I'm repeating myself in this podcast, I'm sorry, but I, it's, a, it's a bit of a passion for me, is the idea that women have by far been hit. Women of all races, socioeconomic statuses, all the things, all the things, all the things, have been disproportionately hit hard by COVID. And there are lots of stats out there that say that women in the workforce, that it could be set back, you know, depending on the article you read, 10, 15, 25, even I read one, 50 years. And that's upsetting. I didn't know that. Tell me what. Oh. Tell me more. Yeah, because there's, well, there's a feeling that um, it's, it is impossible. (laughs) I don't know how the women in my life right now who have kids are doing this. But many of them are working full-time days while mm. setting their children up for success in online, mm. uh, in homeschooling, right? And the balancing of that, like I'm tired at the end of the day and I live with me and my cats and my cello and I am exhausted at the end of every workday. And these moms are out there and it's not that no dads help, but I think we know historically mm-hmm. and statistically that it, that this traditionally falls on women, mm-hmm. um, that, that, you know, they're having to balance the work stuff, the kids at home stuff mm-hmm. and all of the family, like, you know, if we all think about how tired we are with COVID, how exhausted we are at the end of every day how much we just want it to end. I just think for moms in particular, um, it's it's much, much harder. And so a mm. lot of them are dropping out of the workforce. And then if you think of service industries, if you think of like hotels and all that, where travel, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, service industries like um, home cleaning services and all of that, all of that is virtually shut down, not completely, but virtually mm. shut down, which means that women have stopped earning Mm -hmm. and you know they all there's again so many articles and statistics out there to say that as when you help a woman in her community she helps the whole community Mm -hmm. and so removing those funds from women actually doesn't just impact her and her family it impacts the broader community as well and that's Mm -hmm. where all this is coming from and like I am I am this one I'm still working on because I like my my catchy phrase for it is don't just reach out, reach in. Mm. So it's not just good enough to send a quick email and say, hey, girl, how you doing? And like it's, you know, it's really as women and we know how to do this. Like this is one of the things that we do exceptionally well. We reach mm-hmm. into our friendships. We check in. We see how each other are doing. We ask if we can help in any way. You know, we really try to 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 reach into our friendships and the women, the other women in our lives 
and try to figure out how we can help. Sort of that sense of community mm-hmm. um, as women. And I think what's magic about this is no matter where you are in life, you can you can do this. You can reach in and you can make sure that um, that we are doing that. We are asking each other how we're doing. We're supporting one another emotionally. And it actually helps you as well when you do that. I actually yeah. had someone on your team last week, Rod, reach out to me and sent me a quick like instant message and i thought my instant reaction was i've forgotten something oh no i'm supposed to send her something i'm supposed to do something oh my god and i went through this whole panic and then she just said no i've just committed to reaching out to the women in my life and just checking in to make sure they're okay oh nice and it was so powerful i started to cry as you do it was so powerful because i went from this feeling of oh i failed again like i failed one of the women in my life to this feeling of just pure gratitude that someone would think to reach out to me. And especially again, I know the life of privilege. I like, I know that I live in, in serious privilege in my life and I am Mm. grateful, but for that person to reach into me, I I might probably even going to start to cry now. I can't even tell you Mm. how much it meant to me because like, and, but that's again, that's again, I think the power as women, not to forget that, that power Mm. of community that we bring. And I hear you. Sorry, that was a long one. You talk for a no, minute because I gotta, okay. I gotta get my crying under control. You go. <laughs> you tell the story now. <laughs> it's good crying. It's good crying. I promise. Yeah. It's good crying. No, but I, I hear you saying it's, it's reach out and check in. But it's also more than just the because you know a lot of times people ask me all the time. Well, no, they don't ask me all the time. But when they do, I all the time say, "Oh yeah, I'm fine." They say like, "Oh, how right. are you?" And it's like, "Yeah, it's all good." It, I think it's fair to say we can assume, considering everything that's going on, is that nobody Nobody's is really okay. like super good. Nobody's and okay. <laughs> right. So, so it, it's yeah. like just the it's the conversation beyond how yes. you do it. It just have it's, it's reaching in, like yeah. reaching out is the quick text. How you doing? Reaching mm-hmm. in is how are the kids? How are you coping with homeschooling? How are you yes. handling the back and forth? Because I don't know anyone right now who's in a marriage where there isn't some kind of like everybody's getting on each other's nerves. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. a loving way. But like, how are we asking questions about that? Not to solve things, because again, mm-hmm. that's the magic. Like that's one of the things I think we talked about last week in the RAIN model. It's not about providing a solution. It's creating space for people to talk about their experiences right now. And mm-hmm. taking time at the beginning of a meeting, even when you feel like, you're drowning and you're stressed and oh my goodness, meetings till, you know, six o'clock on a Friday and all these gross things. Mm-hmm. But like we can still start the beginning of every meeting with just a check-in to say, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Is everyone okay to have this conversation right now? Does anyone need to go get a glass of water? Does anybody need to check on a kid's learning? Like, you know, yeah. like how do we, how do we make that space? I think yeah. is one of my other choose to challenge moments. And how do I get better at doing that? Cause again, if change is an inside job, I'm only, I can only think about what I can change, you yes. know, and then hope that it has a ripple effect and, and others go, oh yeah, that yeah. felt different. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Such a good point. <sighs> I get passionate about this. Can you tell? I get yeah. like, it's all well, the emotions. Here's You're going to get all the feels today, Rod. Yeah. All the feels. But Anger imagine- is next. Get ready. Uh-oh. Okay. But, okay. Before you go there. <laughs> But like let's let's uh, transport back to before some time before when you're in that 
the time when you were like, I don't really go to those will event. Yeah. And if we were to have this conversation, you wouldn't, I, I'm, I'm guessing, but it would be like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't work for these reasons. And not right. the same energy, not the same passion. You'd be passionate in a sense to say like, yeah, it's, it's not working for me, but not like I support my sisterhood, now. but like, yeah. not like, right. Like I support my sisterhood and what my sisterhood needs, but it's not, it's not speaking to me as an individual. Yep. I know. I know there's still so much that can be done, right? And again, I just think about your daughter's generation. I have two goddess daughters in my life who I adore. Um, I made up, well, actually my friend Mary made up that term and I stole it. But, uh, and, I, and I think about what am, I, what am I doing to make it better for them? You know, like what actions can I take right now so that they don't have to feel that sense of I don't belong or aloneness or, you know, all the other things. And then my one final thing that I've been thinking about through all of this is, you know, this one's a hard one. And this is maybe, this is maybe where the anger is going to come out. I don't know. It could happen. It's all the feels Sunday. Um, I feel like part of the, part of the, and I'm going to talk in like feminist terms for a minute, but don't be scared, Rod. I promise it's going to be okay. Um, part of the patriarchy, I think, pits, the way it stays in place is that it pits women against one another. Right. It's like the critique of, oh, I can't believe she wore that or, oh, my God, she did her hair like right. Like it's it's that sort of pitting women against each other thing that the patriarchy loves, because every time it happens, the patriarchy gets a check mark on its side of the tally sheet. Not that it's a tally sheet, but sometimes in my head it is. And and I, I, I personally want to commit to only celebrating women like and and if I have that thought because that thought's going to come because like that's social conditioning and that that doesn't go away overnight but when those thoughts come that I don't say a word of it out loud and that my only words I use around about women are ones where I am celebrating our wins because I do think that when every one of us wins we all win yeah like whenever when, like like Kamala Harris being the prime example that is a glass ceiling that I'm not sure I ever thought would be broken. And now that she is where she is and behaving in a compassionate sort of womanly way, I think to myself, wow, like this is, this is it. Like this yeah. is, like this is amazing, you know? And, yeah. and I think we're making some progress on this front. Like, I don't know if you've seen any, it probably just shows up in my newsfeed because of what I, what I read, but there are all kinds of articles now also being written about interviews that were done with young women, often like young women, but often young women in sort of the 90s and the aughts, that as you watch it now, it is so cringeworthy, as the kids say, that you think, how did anybody ever get away with asking this young woman these questions, oh, with my, putting yeah. her on the spot in this way, yeah. with sort of overly sexualizing uh, her in a way that like she's 18 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like you look back at it and you think, Ugh, but I don't, th I mean, at the time, clearly it was not cringeworthy, but now it is. And that to yeah. me is a sign of progress that even those articles are being written, that even those articles are being read, 
to me is glimpses of progress where we're slowly starting to say that's not okay anymore. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk to women like that. You're not allowed to ask women questions about their sex lives and all the boyfriends or girlfriends that they've had. And, right. you, you know, like that's it's just not cool. Um, yeah. And and so that does give me a little bit of hope and it does make me celebrate a little bit these these young women who are now calling it out and saying, like Taylor Swift just called out, there's some show on Netflix, I don't know what it is, but one of the jokes they made was, oh, you go through more boyfriends than Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift is calling that out and saying, hi, the 1990s wants its mindset back. I think that's what she said if she didn't, that, like I just love yeah. that as a response. But like that to me is another um, example of where it's not a, when it's not okay anymore, we're calling it out. And I think Me Too obviously played a huge role in that. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I have some hope, but I personally want to get better at that. Celebrating other women, what when they're amazing, what they're amazing with, and making sure I tell them how amazing they are. Yeah. Um, because as women, if we don't support each other, then again, I think the patriarchy wins. And yeah. I don't, that makes me mad. Yeah. That really makes me mad. And, and so I just don't want that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so the, let's, can I define patriarchy? I'm not going to ask you to define it. Yes. You're, to me, it's, it's the, if, if we were on a spectrum of like the, the, uh, the kind of the society culture and if like the 1950s if i can use that as our starting point yeah to today um the patriarchy is, is like this this male dominated and focused and and it's and and probably and it's not just male versus women it's kind of like white male, white male versus yeah. others everybody else yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and on this spectrum we've come a long way but then there's still these underlying things that we don't even recognize that's going on in many right. in some right. cases um that are part of the dialogue part of the kind of banter and the questions and you right. know right um whatever that still still exist and they still shape the the conversation and and, and put people in, like that are inappropriate and and incorrect and but not inappropriate in the let's say the big inappropriate way which are obviously right. and clear these are the subtle things right. that are still coming up yeah the new language is like microaggressions right like that's yeah. those are the microaggressions where you'll hear things and i just heard something like this a couple weeks ago at work a man saying to a woman well you did a really good job there as if to say she's a vp in the organization as if to say wow like for a chick holy moly you didn't suck like i was so shocked it was so surreal honestly oh, yeah. that that still happens i'll tell you no. my understanding of the patriarchy has changed over the course of my lifetime so in my 20s it was very much it resulted in a lot of anger towards men and then I started thinking, I don't want to live with anger in my heart. Back to the mm -hmm. choose, you know, happiness is an inside job. I don't want to live in anger. And I think that's when my feminism started to get quiet. Mm -hmm. And then as, I, as I've gotten older in life, I see the patriarchy as a societal structure. And if I'm honest, I think it sucks for everybody. Like, I know it's kept white dudes in power. And so, like, I, I get it. I get that, mm. like, they're the winners of all of it. But it's also meant that men are taught that it's not okay to cry. And it's not yeah. okay to feel emotion. And it's not okay to express sentimentality and caring and compassion. And that vulnerability is weakness. That yeah. is a horrible... 
That is a horrible way to go through life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, as a woman, I celebrate that. Like, I, I love that I can be vulnerable with other women. And I love that we can talk openly about these. And the fact that guys don't get to do that, I, it breaks my heart, honestly. Yeah. So now I actually think the reason to tear down the patriarchy is because it sucks for everyone. Yeah. It sucks more for others. <laughs> no, like, know. you know, there are some well, people who win a little bit from it, but ultimately it is a, it is a lose, lose structure. Yeah. So, so you just opened the door just, uh, for us. I think I just will throw on, I like to be proactive here and there, respectfully provocative. So one of the things you mentioned there is around it, it's actually raises it. It's good for all. And that is yes. sometimes, you know, the, the origins. I remember when I was working in a consulting firm and they had this first, like, this the movement, uh, I say movement, but, like, there's more, there was more of the special interest groups, the ESGs, which are, yeah, um, and the first ones were coming into place and it was, you know, mother, you know, whatever the, the term was, like women at work or... or right. Um, and... Um, for me, I remember it's like, I'm going through so much stress. I'm trying to keep things together. Like, where yeah. where's the group that I can go to to, uh, to to have this conversation? And then it'd be like, well, you're the white guy. So you just, why don't you just go hang out with your white guy friends? And Go talk and about like, sports, right? Uh, like, that's like, the... That like, doesn't happen. Like, the, I mean, the notion, the, the old boys thing, we have to stratify our stakeholder groups here a little bit more. That's yeah. like a su- like like a minor subset of yeah. <laughs> air quote white guys here. Totally. Like, I'm sorry. Totally. I didn't go to the private school. I didn't have the. I was not extroverted. I don't have like this, you know, this masculine shaking a wing. Can you get uh, stuff done? Like yeah, all of that I, sort I of like, like right? Sti- like but yeah. I, and, and then yeah. I don't have. I don't have what is considered the stereotypical approach to, to, you know, whatever it is that this patriarchy so that, i mean that's not just my approach in life but i'm still um i mean in, in ways let me compare it to what your story at the beginning you know women in leadership was about women mothers and heterosexual relationships in leadership yeah. i'm like white guy at work it's like but i'm me and my style people would tell me my style is more feminine because of you know the I, whatever I that means. I love your style, Rod. I don't but, want to be classified. The other I don't, magic would be getting rid of all those classifications. But I hear I know, you. Yes. But the, so then it's like, well, what do what do I do? Um, and it's because I not can't start a group of people like me because and then that's kind of the. Can I choose to challenge you? Well, you can't. But let me just the then they finish. Go go the, go. Yeah. There was this natural conversation. Then there was like fathers at work group that was set up. And then it was like, and then that was like, that didn't, I mean, th- good, thanks. But it's not the, the same thing. Like, I don't know. It's not no. the, the point or it's not the, it didn't address the, the thing that I was thinking is a fairness. Actually, I was like, this is not really fair. And, and it's, but it's not fair in many different angles. And so it's, the, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I had the point of view that th- this, special groups i'm like i don't know if they're achieving the purpose of what it's trying to do but that said with the 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 great um like 
what I can fully say now is I just don't have the same perspective and experience to know why it's important. Right? From the Well, yeah. 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 I think it makes people scary too when uh, scared when uh, a bunch of white dudes get together because historically um you know, it hasn't always resulted in great things for a lot of people, right? Like, you know, you, like you there are just some when a bunch of white dudes get together that it just yeah. makes people nervous. But but maybe there is an opportunity to think differently about this, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe there is an opportunity to get guys together and and yes to because I am like we're in change so I understand the feeling of loss that probably some white dudes are going through I do think you're a different type of person Rod like I don't lump you in um with a lot of these things but like there are uh you know there probably are some white dudes out there who are thinking darn it I'm losing my power like all the Mm. things and I think it's okay to mourn that But then you've got to take action. One, not you. One has to take action after that and say, okay, I I have a chance to shape this. I have a chance Mm -hmm. to to help the people around me and to help a stronger sense of community for all of us. But again, because the patriarchy doesn't let men think in that sense of community, Mm -hmm. I think we're a long ways off from that um, conversation being able to happen at the at. Uh, the male table but mm-hmm. maybe that is something that maybe that is something that's worth trying to influence rod mm-hmm. it, it'll be hard like that like because it's just not typically done like again when when guys are told to get together and that it's okay to get together it's usually to talk about sports or cars or mm-hmm. hot chicks or you know what i mean like it's it's <laughs> like it's, it's, are, it's all of these tropes and stereotypes yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. And and so that's my point is that stereotypes don't help any of us. They don't help mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. You know. And so yeah, yeah. like I I do there's there's there is some there is some work to be done. I agree. And for now maybe it's just welcoming men as allies, right? Like and and I think there is power to that. But I lo- I know a lot of like straight white dudes who come to will events as allies and I can tell they just feel so awkward. So yeah. how do we make like how do we also make it that they're comfortable for, at the table and understand what they can be doing differently as well, right? Like let's not assume that the change is easier. Um for any yeah. of us, like it's yeah. it's change for all. It's change yeah. for all, yeah. and we yeah, all yeah. have to think about it differently, right? Like it's yeah. it's not just it's it's no one individual that's going to make this change happen. Yeah, even though it can only happen one individual at a time, I think. Well, that's the thing. I was going to say, like we we're talking about these metaphorical tables and group, you know, at whatever, like the groups of people, but really it's about it individually inside the yeah. the moments, the realization, and the aha moment. I'll say one. I, I know where this is going to be our longest episode ever, which I think is good. <laughs> okay, you, you tell you, one last story, and then we'll and then no, we'll we cut should, it. We'll cut no, it. No, no, we should. Well, <laughs> let's keep going. So, I have a couple stories still. To stop. One is, um, I think my point of view was a little bit, not that I, I didn't have like a passionate objection to special interest groups, but um, I was of the point of view as like you know I think it's it's better when there's interconnections and then overlaps and but then i did hear i was at actually an event for a police services event it was um about a special interest group i got invited i attended and then what there was a uh somebody who's actually now a chief of police of one of the 
services around Toronto and he was talking and mm. he was telling the story it was basically he was putting forward the case for why it is actually really good to have uh, the ESGs and it was really really well done and he basically his point was um, when people are in really difficult situations uh, the they can they need somebody that they can relate to and that person that yeah. they can relate to is someone who's had a shared experience and no matter yep. how well-meaning or good or whatever another person is but if they don't have that shared experience they don't have the trust but and that trust is yep. such an important starting point to be able to open up and that's what the ESGs provide is that uh, people who have a shared experience that you can feel connected to and have that trusting starting point to be able to open up to be your share yourself to your individuality and I, and I was like yeah I get it better I don't say I get it you know I, I understand it now like the, that importance of yeah. of that and then how and also I understood how much I don't know like the, the tendency is like oh I can make sense of what somebody's telling yes. me yes um yes. and i was like oh yeah there's so much i don't like it really reminded me to assume i actually don't know uh really what the person is going through um but to ask questions it's like feeds into like you, you gotta ask questions and find out more not that's just why you're a question things. asking superstar yeah that's the part of me again that feels like you're such you're you're so different and it's so wonderful to spend time with you and talk to you oh, is because so you nice. ask you you're inquisitive and you ask questions and you want to know more you know yeah i love that you're so nice so i got I have a can pop I... culture reference for what you just said can i share my pop culture yes. reference so you know so you know i'm a superhero movie junkie like i love all things superheroes i love it love it love it i love all things sci-fi mm -hmm. love it and so when the black panther movie um came out and, you know, they showed Wakanda and it was so, it was visually so stunning and so beautiful. And, I, you know, you read all the articles about how much that meant um, to black people. And I thought, well, yeah, that must be really cool. And it just sort of like that was the thought that kind of just, you know, washed its way through my mind. And then Wonder Woman came out. Mm. And it's the first time a woman has stood tall and been her own character in an action movie that I've seen. Maybe there are others that I haven't seen, but that's the first time. And I cried my eyes out. Like wow. I couldn't believe how much it meant to me to see a woman, a strong woman on screen and that the whole story revolves around her. Um, and I thought to myself, wow, I thought I got what the what the articles and everything were about when it was about uh the black panther movie yeah until i saw wonder woman and it washed over me in such a different way and I, that's i think what you're describing right like yeah. we can we can sort of intellectually understand something and then it happens and you're like oh no okay now this is different now yes. i have a deeper understanding you know yeah yeah. And I think we all have those moments in our lives where you sort of finally see what feels like you represented somewhere. Yeah. That's the power of uh, Kamala Harris and Amanda Gorman. Um, like you, you finally see a woman being praised for being who she is as a woman. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's astounding. It's astounding mm -hmm. what it means. Like I, it, it's impossible to describe how much that means it's impossible yeah it's so meaningful oh, wow. it's so deeply meaningful yeah. yeah yeah 
Awesome. Okay, I got first. I must say, I've got an audience today more than which is the audience would be like really bizarre because they can only hear me talking and they can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> but, but my, my wife and daughter are sitting listening. I think they're actually sitting patiently waiting to to be like make, make noise. noise. <laughs> <laughs> so we should stop. Is it? But I know no, I, no, I got to hear your story. I know you okay. have a story. Let's do it. So, um, it's a a friend of mine was 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 sharing a thing at work and um uh it was the situation was she uh in a creative field and had an idea for for something a creative product project Mm -hmm. and it was known but on the like not it was just kind of an idea that was there and then some months later um some people picked it up and we're, we're implementing it and we're doing this idea but not but not with the recognition saying, oh, this is, you know, person's <gasps> idea and we're, you know, we're bringing it together. But thanks to, you know, this person. For, So-and-so. So, for, yeah. Yeah. And it, it bothered her so much. It, and it was like Rightly stress so. for, and then she talk about so. it with her manager and it's like, I don't know why you're being bothered by this. Talk about it with other people. And then, you know, as you have fr- other friends at work, they're like, yeah, it, it, that's not fair. And and as I'd had a few conversations with her, and, and, I, and it, it dawned on me. I was like, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like the scenario where the woman's at the meeting. They have the idea, which people are like, whatever. Yep. And then later on yep. in the same meeting, a guy a says it, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's yeah. a great idea. Let's do it." And yeah, and so I shared that. I was like, "You know what it sounds like?" Is it sounds, and it just a light bulb went off. And for and so this this is the interesting part of the story is that for her, she did not see it in that context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when seeing it in that context, it just helped for herself to explain why it bothered her so much. Yeah. And yeah. And then was able to arti- and then fast forward the end of the story is um, she she shared this leaned in and and said like hey this is wrong it bothers me because of these things and but her mental health of, of it like her her own self thinking about the right. situation was way better was she was actually in a really strong spot when she was leaning in and saying this is not right because and it's not that like the end of, the end isn't like oh she got all this recognition and it was all perfect and like the movie ended with a parade no no but but well, herself like that? but like yeah. yeah but herself and her feeling about it was in such a strong position and um so yeah wow. I, it, it and then i thought it, the irony of it is um it was just me hearing it singing you know it sounds like yeah. these these patriarchal stereotypical situations of coming out and uh and truly though the the other people involved in her story were women in many cases so it wasn't but it that was the dynamic well this is it we're all victims of the patriarchy we're all behaving the patriarchy affects all of our behavior and that's why it has to be dismantled but kudos to her man that is awesome yeah i love ending on a power story yeah so Leslie, as we end, I want to say you are so yes. great at you're so great at sharing compliments about me, and I'm not as great as it's not my superpower like it is to you. But I just want to compliment you and how fantastic it is to have the conversations. What great ideas that you 
you share and bring, but also your your willingness to be open and, and vulnerable and, and share really important uh, things that matter to you would also reveal more about about you. So thank you. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. It's a long one. Thanks for sticking it out. Yeah. This is an important topic, though. Thanks, Rod, for making space for International Women's Day. Of course. It means a lot. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody.